Hello, folks. You are listening to Rewriting Our Future, a mind control exodus with me, Paul Henning. Join us on our journey as we explore and actively work to deprogram ourselves from the forces in the world that socially engineer our lives. Are the politicians, doctors, scientific experts, and news anchors telling us the truth? Is school, pop culture, social media, and television programming supporting the development of our highest consciousness, healthiest bodies, and most sovereign selves? The more we research and listen to our intuition, the more we find that this answer is a loud and resounding no. And so, we are rewriting our future to opt out of the mind control these forces tirelessly aim to manipulate and coerce us with. Welcome to the show, where we are all figuring this out together. What's up, folks? Thanks for tuning in to the Sacred Sounds Before and After. I just recorded the before part here in this airport. It's kind of loud. I didn't do the video. But I wanted to show you what I looked like, what my energy looked like, how I felt before to compare it to the video I'm hoping to take after. It's a beautiful sunny day. A little tired, a little worn out, but it's going to be all right. Thanks for listening. All right. Hello there. Thank you for joining me today. It's currently January 25th, and you'll have to excuse the noise. I am at the Cancun airport recording this, waiting for my flight to Orlando, Florida, where I will be attending my first Sacred Suns event. The event I'm going to is called EMX. Of the embodied masculine experience. I was invited by a friend of mine who I've done a couple of episodes with here on the show named Bradley Pruitt. He's done one event, engages with some of the guys, some work stuff. I was invited. And so I'm going to do a before and after episode. I see some of these on YouTube. They always look kind of cool. Yeah, I figured I'd give it a shot since it's my first time. When I first heard of Sacred Sons a couple years ago, I think. Um, but to be honest, it made me really uncomfortable. You know, even on, I think, one of my episodes I did with my friend Franco about this is why I love you. I was commenting on how we had such good friendships growing up and I kind of felt bad, you know, for the guys that go to these events to circle up and cry and fight and stuff, um, <clears throat> which I feel rude for for saying now, but I said it because I was just so uncomfortable to me to imagine, you know, if we look at their website, you can just see, well, yeah, here it says connecting leaders, connecting men to their purpose. You know, one of the first things I notice is if we scroll to where the facilitators are, you just see, you know, these men, they're wearing like leather, they have tattoos, and long hair, they're wearing black, bandanas, jewelry, big old hats. And if you scroll through them, the pictures of the events, you know, the men are like in dance or in combat. There's a lot of like yelling and people with their shirts off. 
And so for a long time, this really like just made me super uncomfortable. I was just like, I don't know. I just was like, what the fuck are these dudes doing out here in the woods, you know? And what I realized recently is that these men, they look like rock star pirates or something. I mean, they're not afraid. Well, for one, they don't look like they're worried about being self-conscious about dressing or looking a certain way. You know, they don't cover up their tattoos or they're not afraid to grow their beards out or wear clothes that make them feel like they're expressing themselves. They look like masculine fucking dudes, honestly. And that really, the truth is, is that intimidated me. Not to be around masculine men. I've been around masculine type men my whole life through the work I've done. Through all the blue collar jobs that I've been a part of. But that level of confidence, you know, imagining myself on this website with my tattoos and long hair and, you know, imagining jewelry or, you know, crying or yelling or boxing or wrestling or dancing, all the things they do, it it just intimidated me. But I didn't know it. It was like under, it was subconscious, you know. My brain saw it as, this is corny as hell, and I don't need this, these four men out there, whatever they're doing. But that's not what's real. The longer I looked at it, the more I really I was intimidated and jealous of the way that they could embody their own selves and the confidence that they could portray to express themselves like that in front of other men. And it's really, uh, it's really something to admire, I think. And so when I was asked, I had that realization when my friend Bradley was like telling me he attended these events. And I was like, oh my gosh, no kidding. I'm seeing them. I've been scoffing at them for years. And he was like, you know, but I had respect for this guy. And so I was like, wow, okay. I need to maybe have a different light here because I'd never met anyone that really went. So he was like, you should listen to their podcast. So I started listening to their podcasts. I found a lot of insight from their host, Adam Jackson, some of the other things they did. He interviews a lot of their men, the men that participate, interviews women, you know. Yeah, uh, there were some great moments. Um, one of the guys who I listened to his podcast probably like five times, um, Kevin Walton, I'll put his, his talk that I listened to a lot in the show notes. But I think he's going to be one of the facilitators of the events I'm heading to here today. So I'm excited to meet him. Really powerful talk he gave I'm excited to go so let's watch one of the videos let's go to the home screen and watch their kind of like their flagship video
Japan. You know, they don't even have any words. It's just men and vulnerability the whole time you know you see a lot of men crying and yelling and being held and fighting you know fighting i say fighting boxing um, i don't even know what to say i mean it looks beautiful but it looks really intimidating i'm a super weepy guy i get choked up easily i always have so it feels tough to consider being vulnerable in this space uh, yeah and to make it, so why would I want to go to this event anyway, right? Like when I signed up a few months ago, I, you know, my wife was newly pregnant. We were in the process of selling our house so that we could get the money out so that she could quit her job, which she did, so that she could focus on our baby. I, a couple years ago, I had. My mother passed away tra dramatically in the hospital in front of all of us at an age that was way too early for her. And then my family fell apart. My dad and my brother, one of my brothers. And, you know, I felt like I lost a couple of family members all at once because I was estranged from them. And all this time, you know, I, I need to become, I need to double my income since my wife's not working. And, as far as I know, I don't have really, you know, like the resume for the doubled income that I need. And so I need to be an entrepreneur as far as I'm concerned, the way I see it. But I don't have any experience with that either. So these were all the things that, that got me to sign up. I needed to become more of a courageous man that can take care of his family and create more art <clears throat> bravely and courageously and vulnerably and to connect with other men that are, you know, entrepreneurs, taking care of their families, making money and being living authentic online fast. You know, it's part of why I did the Rise of the Herd course for the Here for the Truth guys. You know, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And honestly, the guys in these videos look like guys I want to be friends with. They're fit, they're confident, they have style, they're vulnerable. They love their families. That's what I'm trying to be. The hard part is that two weeks ago, my brother Nathan, my middle brother who I love so much, he, uh, he took his own life on January 12th, 13 days ago. Five days, five days ago, we officiated his funeral service, and three days ago, I, I lost my job, my 100% remote job that I've had for years, that we were counting on to to offer us the ability to borrow on a home and some land. We just sold our four acres to get another set of four acres on more cult, more easily cultivated land for trees and stuff, parking because we were on a hill. And now, my wife and I are staying in Airbnbs, because we're between homes, she's pregnant, both of us are unemployed, and five days ago I officiated the funeral service for my little brother who killed himself, and to be honest, it's really overwhelming, I'm really nervous.
to go to this event because I'm not in the same mindset I was when I signed up. And I'm I'm filled with grief and <laughs> I'm pretty stressed out. I'm trying to stay cool. You know, we're like literally in Playa del Carmen, Mexico right now, trying to uh, visit friends and hang out and get some sun. This was already part of our plans. This is where we were when I got laid off. You know, we came here directly after my brother's funeral. Um, <clears throat> but I just felt like, man, this isn't a grief workshop, you know? I don't know what it is, honestly. So I messaged my friend Bradley, who I've been talking about, and I told him, look, man, I told him the situation, and he said, men here are supposed to meet you as you are. You know, it's not necessarily supposed to be about entrepreneurship or brotherhood. It's just about authentic, being authentic and being received by men who are professionals at supporting other men and helping you get deeper and more aligned. So I'm going and I'm looking forward to it overall. You know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous, for sure. Um, yeah, they have a bunch of different events, you know. The one I'm going to, like I said, is called EMX. Here, let's tap on the EMX tab. Embodied Masculine Experience. Four days. Connection. Confrontation. Celebration. And commitment. Uh, this embodied masculine experience is our initiatory gathering where men have the opportunity to step into the threshold of honest masculinity and brotherhood. All right. It says the components are four days and three nights, all meals and lodging, post-weekend integration call, carpooling, preparation for the training, training, continued trainings. The training pillars are ritual confrontation by creating the space for the unmet to be met. Each man will get the opportunity to claim and reclaim aspects of his human potential through multiple avenues of confrontation, including physical and emotional. Physical embodiment. A focus on movement through the training allows men to reclaim their relationship and approach to collaborative physical experiences through sparring, primal movement, and dance. <clears throat> that makes me uncomfortable, i got to admit. And that's because I like to dance. And I do do a little martial arts a little bit. And I'm a dancing fool. But still, I mean, I dance with my wife, and uh, I spar, you know, in the in the in the gym. You know, I wrestle with the gi, so like this, it's totally different. Okay, here, anchored purpose: we co-create a cognitive and somatic rewiring of our why through reconnection to our innate in essence and purpose. And men's counsel for thousands of years, men have circled up in counsel for various intentions. We use counsel as vehicle for orienting to the environment as well as witnessing others. Alright, let's watch the video. This is what we do here. It's not about the fight. It's not about the combat. It's not about the violence. It's about the expression of the fullness of your blooming and your wilting, your living and your dying right here, right now. Present. For the alchemy of all of our generations to come.
lot of movement. A lot of movement in public. In front of other men. Being silly, being serious. You know, I, I listen to some of the... I listen to a lot of the Sacred Sons podcasts, but they don't really talk about the event, you know, that much. Because the host interviews others, so I started to... To, inter- to search the host Adam Jackson's name to find places where people interview him to learn more about the event. And, you know, I'm not going to give any spoilers with this uh, whole podcast. You know, when I get back in a couple days and I do the, uh, the after, I'm obviously going to be respectful of the integrity of the event and not give like away things that they don't want to be given away. So, what I'm going to say, I found publicly online, but he. Uh, Adam Jackson was asked by someone, he's like, why do you guys box and, and wrestle and stuff? Like, a lot of men are uncomfortable with that kind of physical contact. And he said something really interesting. He was like, you know, it's one thing to, like, sit in a room with a therapist or something or to your friends and be like, tell me how you feel. Tell me about your father. You sit there and you look at somebody. You know, maybe you get deep, maybe you don't. Maybe you get vulnerable, maybe you don't. It's like, but you put boxing gloves on out of your element. You get in front of somebody else, you try to fucking hit him, and you get hit. You get winded. Anybody who's been in a boxing ring or a jiu-jitsu mat knows it's easy to get winded, you know. 30 seconds is an eternity. And uh, so then you ask a man about his father, etc. You know, see how much more vulnerability you can get out of someone who's been physically challenged outside of their comfort zone and oh man that sounds that sounds pretty heavy he also says you know if you show up there and you're an mma guy you know you've been wrestling since high school doing jujitsu and they're not interested in in your physical combat and they're you know they're gonna ask you to dance so everyone stretches their limits which is the event you know they do thousands of these well, they've, they've worked with thousands of men. They do, I guess, dozens of these all over the world now. They're going to Australia and Ireland and, um, or not, yeah, Scotland and Europe. And I think they have some in Mexico even. They're expanding maybe into South America. Like, they're professionals. I'm sure they've dialed it down. But that's part of the, uh, yeah, they seem to have figured it out. And I am not the only one that's uncomfortable. I can believe it, you know. Um, but... Yeah, I'm nervous about what's going to come up for me because, man, my family's been through so much. And uh, I have no idea how I'm going to react. There are so many people in my life right now that I feel so passionate about. Like, obviously, my wife is holding it down. It's just amazing. Four months pregnant. I had to fucking leave her alone at like a. An Airbnb in Cancun, arrangements with her was implied El Carmen because her the arrangements with her friend fell through, and so she was supposed to be with somebody for these five days, and now she's on her own, implied El Carmen for the next five days, which is kind of a bummer. But she's up, she's tough, and she's cool. She's a vagab- vagabunda. She's a vagabond. to say so she can handle it, you know, being pregnant and alone in another country. Um, but God, I just. I could have this whole event just about her and then think about think about just my mom and man 
you know, gosh, she passed away two years ago, and now we're going to have a baby. That was so terrible. Think about what happened between my brother and my dad and how fucking mad I am at my dad. Oh, my God. And then my poor brother, you know, for two weeks ago to did what he did. He must have been so sad. And, and I have another brother. He's a great guy. He's a fucking young guy. He's really just holding it down. And I'm so proud of him. And, and then there's myself, you know, if I could talk to myself. I'm proud of myself. I feel sorry for myself. And I need uh, so much... I just need so much more from myself, you know? I have this creative project. I do some writing. You know, I had a small business for like <laughs> a month. A blue-collar business. So there's just so much that I need from myself as an artist and as a moneymaker. And I'm just, man, you know... Everything that's happened the last two years, everything that's happened the last six days, losing my brother and my job. Man, I have no idea what's going to fucking happen down here. I just see the videos and I try to pre-plan. I'm like, okay, you know, in this instance, I'm going to talk about my dad. In this instance, I'm going to be triggered and talk about my brother or my wife, you know. Um, I have no idea. No idea. I have no idea. I'm nervous about the fighting a little bit. I've taken a couple months martial arts recently, so I feel okay, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. You know, I'm not nervous. It's just what's so interesting about this event. I'm not nervous to get fucking choked out or punched in the face. I'm nervous to for those things to happen in front of a group of men or a group of anyone. But, like, that's interesting. That's probably what we're here for, too, you know? like to break down those walls of the ego i can imagine man you know originally when i wanted to do this episode it was a lot lighter it was going to be a lot lighter more excited but i'm kind of falling apart um, but i am still grateful that i'm going I'm grateful that it's it's happening, and I'm grateful for my wife for supporting me. I was like, there's a Sacred Sun event that I got invited to. Catherine's like, yes. She like didn't even have to hear when it was, <laughs> or how long, or how much. She was just like, yes. Um, which is so important, you know. She goes to Matriarch Rising in North Carolina with all women. So that's been, uh, that's been kind of an example for both of us. She has her women's group. You now I have these guys. I'm staying in a glamping tent because I don't have. A, they're gonna provide me with like the tent because I don't have. Flying in from Cancun, I don't have any of my camping stuff, so. You know, it's a little extra cost, but. I'm excited. I'll try to get myself on video when I come back. So you can see what I look like. Instead of just hear my voice. Hopefully I go from being sad and overwhelmed to more open and something. More myself. More healed. 
yeah, I thought it would be a bad time to go with so much going on, but more people I talk to keep saying it's the best time to go, to lean in. Some of the advice I got from a friend of mine who's apparently had two of his siblings take their own lives when he was 18, within a few weeks of each other, which I can't imagine. He was like, make sure to feel everything, you know. This is the time to feel, not to cover up feelings, which is really hard. Because it's a lot easier to go get some Jameson. You get a bottle of Jameson or something. So this event is pretty much <laughs> as much as you can feel. I mean, I'm sure they have coffee in the morning, but that's probably the extent of the drugs I can do to get out of my own body. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. You heard it. That's the intro. My face. It's just sun. It's Thursday. All right. See you guys on Sunday. Hello there. Whoever's out there. Today is Monday, February 5th. It's been eight days since I have returned from the Sacred Sons Gathering in Florida. I'm currently in Floyd, Virginia, where my wife and I are going to stay for a few months in a beautiful little home we rented here in the mountains, as you can see. The experience that I had with the Sacred Sons was unbelievable beyond what I could have imagined. Since I've gotten back, you know, I thought about doing a video the moment after I got out. Some of the ones you see on YouTube, the before and afters, the dudes get in their car on the way home and they're just lit up, you know. And thought about doing that, but I was got pretty distracted for a few days, had a lot going on, traveling back to Mexico to pick up my wife and then, you know, come out here and move into this place in Virginia. So we were pretty busy. And I thought, you know, it'd be better to uh, give it some time to see how it like all soaks in a week later and beyond. And, you know, I haven't watched the video of what I looked like before, which you just saw, but I'm excited to see it because I don't feel that that way anymore. You know, I went into that a real mess. I arrived afternoon, Thursday afternoon, and started to meet some of the men and get into some of the activities that they they have us do. Pretty vulnerable stuff. You know, some eye gazing and really connecting with men. You know, doing like healthy touch and stuff. And I was basically a wreck. I was about to break down into tears at any minute. Men wanted to connect with me. People were looking at me, trying to be like, what's up? Who are you? And I just wasn't there for any of it. I was so distracted with the the sadness of what has happened. My brother and the other things that have gone on in, in life. Um, the next morning, which was the first morning, we were doing some morning activation, you know, activities, affirmations, and some workouts. And 
I was just on the verge of tears. And I was pacing around the parking lot before we split up because we spent time in, in two different teams. As you know, this was the EMX, the Embodied Masculine Experience. There was two teams, about 50 total, 25 men each team, three or four facilitators with a head facilitator. And I'm going to try not to say anything that the community would consider like a spoiler or inside information. I'm just going to give like general, general stuff. So if you really want to know, you got to go for yourself. But when we were going to split up into our teams for the week, for the day, I was pacing the parking lot about to have like a, a nervous breakdown or panic attack or just to start weeping or something. I was so, I felt so out of place. I told one of the men, one of the men came up to me, one of the facilitators. He's like, Hey man, how you doing? What are you doing out here? Oh shit. What's going on? He can just tell in my face, you know, I said, if I don't get something off my chest, I'm not going to be able to function or I'm going to have to leave. I just feel like I have holding on to something that needs to be shared and I'm not going to be able to concentrate. He was like, okay, man. So we broke into groups and uh, one of the first things we did was one of the men grabbed a stick about six feet tall, buried it about half a foot into the sand. He said, if any man has anything to share here, come up, put your hand on the stick and share. You know, the earth gave us life and the earth can handle whatever you have to handle. So we channel that energy into the stick, into the earth. And the man went up to share something and then I went up after and... I said, you know, fellas, I'm hanging on by a thread. There were about 30 men in a circle around me in the woods. And I said, I'm hanging on by a thread. My brother killed himself two weeks ago. And I don't even know if I should be here. And I'm just so fucking sad. I, I can't even imagine. And I just wept. And I just wept and wept. And when I looked up, there were men weeping with me. Men that I didn't know. They were crying for me and with me in empathy in a way that I didn't know was possible because nobody really knew my name even at that point. They asked me some questions. You know, they asked my brother's name. I said, Nate. And then all these men said in unison, Nate, chanted his name. They asked me what I would tell him if I had a chance. And uh, I spoke a few words to him. And then another man went up and shared. And that was basically how the time went. For those four days, we stayed in circle, basically with very little props. You know, one time they brought out some boxing gloves. Another time they brought out some candles at night. But for the most part, there was just a council, a circle of men being led by these like wise men who know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to healing. You know, I guess it's called therapy, ancient therapy. I don't know how, what you call it. Um, but they would invite us to move, you know, as you can see on the website, there's some dancing, there's some physical touch. There's a little like, you know, a little boxing. There's a little like wrestling type training um, and other things, you know, like walking with your hands on a man's shoulders and they encourage a lot of hugging. A lot of men hug each other and offer hugs. And throughout all that movement, they incorporate opportunities to share, prompts for sharing. And inevitably someone would get emotional, whether really upset and angry 
or really sad or frustrated. And sometimes this would explode in anger and shouting, or it might come out in tears, crying, or just losing one's voice trying to speak. Um, and whenever this would happen, you know, generally they, they would invite the man to the circle to, to share, and they would encourage him to heal in a, in, by going through what was bothering him and bringing him out the other side. And this was one of the most powerful things of magic of the whole weekend is that men got so vulnerable and shared such deep and important things that I didn't think that anyone would share. Like whatever it is in your mind that you think you don't want to fucking tell anybody or that no one would understand, maybe something you're ashamed of because you did, or maybe something you're ashamed of that happened to you, things that you think don't affect you, that you've put away into a little box, or just lighthearted surface level troubles you might have with your partner, your siblings, your children. These men shared these things openly with all of us as strangers, as like a brotherhood. And they were met with sincerity and empathy. And these men looked at each other. We looked at each other with clarity and with understanding. Even if you don't know what that man's going through, you can just see it. You know, I've been around people sharing feelings their whole life, men, men. I, you know, I've worked blue collar jobs for 20 years and I never heard a man tell a story and everyone else just would fucking tear up for him or shout and praise with him or clap for him or hug him or put their hand on their chest or put their hand on his chest. Um, you know, these men are there to show up for each other, to sincerely be present and to hold that space with empathy and understanding and not to console necessarily or to advise like at a father figure to hold that space. I mean, it was truly remarkable. And some of the things that the men shared, the courage in their vulnerability to open up and to get emotional, to get angry about the things that had happened to them or things that they regret was so fucking powerful. I can't even begin to describe it. I didn't know that men could be that brave. There were things that I shared that I had never shared with anyone, basically, except for maybe my wife. And I, things that I thought I would go to the grave with, and these men are sharing tough things, inviting in the healing and inviting in the accountability to set right what has been set wrong if they were the ones that wronged it. And if we were been wrong, they were guided by our facilitators. Our facilitator's name was Kevin Walton. You can look it up. He's one of the facilitators. The other group was Hunter Torin. They're both great guys, but we happen to have Kevin Walton in our as our team lead, guide, guru. I don't know what he's called exactly, facilitator. And him and his squad of other leaders, they guided us through healing. And I wouldn't have known what that meant, but what they what that means in that community is they, you know, without getting into details about some of the like activities or modalities or methods to their ritual and their ceremony, you know, I'll leave that private to be experienced as you go or do further research. Um, You know, a man will be like, well, this thing happened and this is it. And I'm just this, we're fucked now. We got to carry this, this weight forever. And they were like, no, you don't, you know, you can 
what does it feel like they find somatically you know where does that trauma where do you feel that trauma or that pain you know it's like i feel it in my stomach I feel it in my chest I feel it in my legs in my throat in my head they'd be like well fucking get it out get it out right now and they would be like you know using your body or using your voice blah, blah, whatever it is and you get the fucking feeling out and all the men are there cheering you on and supporting you and and then once they try to clear it or you do clear it they say all right this is what's next you know this is what forgiveness means and this is what love means people that have hurt you you can still love them and to forgive them is not necessarily to get rid of to forgive them is not to let them off the hook to forgive them is to let yourself off the hook and so one of the main themes of the week was to be the light in the world because we are the light in the world. It's not hypothetical, you know. They shared that, like, back in the Greek days, I think it was Greek, they said when your birthday was celebrated, it wasn't just a celebration of your birthday because you managed to not die another year. Your day of birth was the day that God let your gift into the world to help humanity. And so if your birthday came and you weren't acting and cultivating the gift that God gave you, you couldn't be proud of yourself on your birthday. And this is the the view of the world that these men here at Sacred Sons take. It's like we are here to heal each other. We are here to be bright lights. We are here to expand. We are here to create so that we can inspire others to be bright lights, to heal and create because the world is in a dark place. You know, and these facilitators would fucking cry. They would tear up just thinking about the nature of the darkness in the world and how much people suffer, how men suffer, how women and children suffer all over the world. And so they're imploring us, you know, just sort of begging us to be the greatness that we are demanded of life. And so when they help us heal through these ways that were just so beautiful, it was like a combination of what I imagined to be ancient, wise counsel, healing methods, you know, incorporated with the modern era of things. Um, it's like, okay, now I feel better. I've let it out physically with my voice. You know, I've wept or I've fought a man with gloves in a controlled environment. Or I, uh, you know, like I screamed or I pounded the ground or I ran or I danced or I did something. It's like out and now I'm tired. And it's like, okay, you know, I can forgive the people. I can love and I can get this thing out. Well, what do I do now with, with the space that could be sucked back up? Because when we heal, you know, the 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 void inside of us, the energy that is supposed to be used to fueling our creative endeavors, to improving the world is getting sucked away by our traumas and our wounds and our insecurities and all of that. You know, it's like, we're all like this shining ball of light and we're just constantly covering up with dirt, like with a shovel, just shoveling it up over all the time, you know, and then somebody treats you like shit or abuses you, or there's like some, something happened and it's just like more dirt covering up your light. And so we have to uncover it through self-love self-forgiveness forgiving others and then once we can start to see the light again you know we have all this potential and so what do we do with that potential because if you go back into the world unprepared it's just going to get covered up the tv the radio the people at work the people in your life that aren't aligned or like working on themselves family friends just the whole world in general will fucking crush you and crush your light if you're not careful and just take you back to that dark place of insecurity and shame and fear and smallness and so what do you do you know and so how do you keep it so they stay encourage you you got to stay keeping your light bright as often as you can 
you know, what do you do? So they're asking men who have just felt this great relief, just like I did. You know, they coached me through some serious shit and they helped me deal with the loss of my brother, you know, which is so fresh. It's like literally just days, days after his funeral when I arrived there, completely thinking I couldn't fucking handle anything. But they created space to share and to feel and to be reminded that our ancestors are with us, you know, and more serious things men discussed and myself too. You know, traumas and abuses. And they're like, okay, you cut that energy loose. You fucking cut it loose because it's not serving you. You know, it's your, it's my responsibility to rid myself of the fucking negative energy that I'm allowing to stew constantly and just simmer in my spirit, whether it's my stomach or my mind or my heart. You know, which fucking pick which chakra you're talking about, right? Like it's being affected at least one. And so what do we do now? It's like, well, now we create, now we live a light, we work out, you know, we treat our bodies well, you know, we have the highest priority is to our creative energy and we have to uh, fucking treat our bodies as temples. You know, our body is the, the machine, the method for which we put our creative energy back into the world. Our body is how we use God's gift. So you have to treat your body well and you, you have to understand what your gift is and you have to use it. The, the, the experiences through the journey, you know, and so, some men are like, okay, I'm going to find the love of my life. I'm, or I'm going to, I already have the love of my life. I'm going to treat her better. I'm going to build my business. I'm going to improve a business. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to journal. I'm going to dance. I'm going to fucking work out. I'm going to do martial arts. I'm going to be a better father. You know, I'm going to travel more. Whatever it is, you like find the thing that you need to do to keep your life bright. And we do it consistently through, they encourage us, do it consistently. Start your morning in the right way with affirmations, activations. You know, the, we, they understand that the world is trying to crush us and that our insecurities, you know, as a fucking, I consider myself a highly confident, self-assured man, and I am buried in insecurities, right? Like I have so many ideas and projects that I don't embark on because of my insecurities, right? And I walk around like a confident ass dude all day. Maybe some people would never even guess this and I'm fucking buried in it. And so everybody is, you know, and so we have to, they remind us and they give us the tools and they show us how to cultivate daily the shining of our own light. And one of the most important things was the connection to brotherhood. You know, you can buy the fucking shirts. Brotherhood is the medicine. Well, these men proved it. I didn't know what that meant. But these men proved it. You know, they proved it through their vulnerability to show their wounds. They showed wounds of all sizes. And I would... I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know we were supposed to do that. And then the, as a group and the facilitators, they received those wounds and healed them. It was remarkable. It was truly remarkable. I am so blessed. I feel like I have been poured through a fucking filter. I had decades of toxic abuse to my body through drugs and alcohol and negative media, and negative people. I feel like I just came out of the fucking Berkey water filter that my wife buys for like $500. Like I'm just, or like out of a spring out here somewhere in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, some like virgin spring that comes out of the fucking God's earth. Like I feel like a clean glass of crystal clear water, you know? And obviously I'm really sad still because I have grief because I lost my brother and my mom in just the last few years, both tragically beyond like any anticipation. And not to mention the trauma in my family that was around and leading up to these things, you know, 
and I just lost my fucking job two weeks ago, right? And so my wife and my wife and I are living in Airbnbs, and neither of us are employed. <laughs> and she's pregnant, and I don't feel worried. And I did before. The power of this medicine is—I'm trying to explain it, but I swear it's inexplicable, right? So what they did for me. They showed me what community means. These men cried for me and with me. And I didn't even know them. Like, can you fucking imagine? And then they were there. And they held me. And we held them. We sang with each other. We put our hands on each other's hearts. And looked into each other's fucking eyes. And hugged. And sang and boxed and wrestled a little bit and danced. I am so grateful that I went to this event. I'm grateful for my friend, Bradley, who invited me. I'm grateful to the Sacred Sons for facilitating and for all those men who were there in that circle, like me, who didn't know anything about the event or maybe had been a couple times or knew a little but shared vulnerably and were there even if they didn't share just to be there you know i knew that any man i would look at could give me a hug men from all over the country men came from all over the world you know people came from portugal and turkey like people were fucking flying in for this um i am so grateful i feel so much better you know i know I have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do in my life. I have a lot of work to do, like, just logistically with, like, where we're going to fucking live and what kind of income and all that. And obviously, I have lots of ideas and plans for all that. But the example that I can set to others and the way I can keep myself healed. And if I keep myself down in the fucking dumps, poor me, poor me, that's my fault. That's my responsibility to take what has happened and to turn it into meaning, just like Viktor Frankl says. So thank you for listening. I hope I didn't give too much away for the community. I don't think I did, but that was really not my intent. I encourage everyone to go to these events. They have all different kinds of events. I went to one, like I said, called EMX, three nights, four days. They have another one, immersion, two ni- two days, one night. You know, they're all over. You go to their website. I'll put it in the show notes. You go to their website and check it out. They're everywhere and they're expanding all over the world. And if anybody who's listening to this has any questions about the event, they're concerned if they want to go, you know, just to speak plainly, my ticket was $1,500 because I paid extra to have a place to sleep because I was flying in from Cancun, so I didn't have my tent and stuff. But, you know, three nights, four days, all-inclusive meals and lodging with an infinite amount of healing and the example of men being in counsel and service to each other through ceremony and ritual of ancient and modern modalities mashed up to be the perfect combination for exactly what the fucking world needs and what I needed. Um, so it was a bargain. It was a bargain. And there's a great chance that I'm going to keep going to more of their events and maybe even rising up to their leadership thing. Because they even have a fucking ladder that you can participate in their program. If you want to do this in your town under their flag or your own flag, you can just go to their school. They have classes. You go, you pay, and you fucking go. And they teach you how to do it so that you can go into the world and do it. 
You know, this, it's like I've told the men already, they're God's gift. They're using God's gift to help us. I really needed it. And I almost didn't fucking go. I was so nervous. And the boxing, people wonder about the fighting, you know, people aren't used to fighting. You pick the man. I'm not going to say what happens, but it's well taken care of. Nobody's going to get hurt. It's all completely curated and deliberate and mindful and intentional. And the man you get in front of, you share words with him. And you hug each other and you talk about why you're getting in the ring for similar reasons or different reasons. You know, you determine the levels of intensity. And at the end, you share and you embrace. And everybody fucking cheers for you like the champion that you are. Because you're on there doing something physical to save your soul. To become a better man. I am so grateful to the men that were there. And to the men that I will meet in the future. I am so much more at peace to be a better husband and a future father and a brother and a friend. Thank you so much, Sacred Sons. To anyone else out there is listening. I'm here if you want to learn more. Thank you so much. Stay blessed. Have a great day. All right. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to support the show, you can make a donation on PayPal. You can find me at Mr. Paul Bry at M-R-P-A-U-L-B-R-I. Or feel free to pick up a copy of my book uh, recently on Amazon called International Backpacking and Domestic Travel, What I Learned While Traveling the World, a Comprehensive How-To Guidebook. You'll find that link below in the show notes. Take care, thanks again, and grow food, not fear.